In The Mandalorian Season 2, we get confirmation that Boba Fett's dad, Jango Fett, was re-canonized as a Mandalorian foundling. If you haven't read Open Season's comic series, I highly recommend it. Now in the episode, Boba shows proof that his armor has belonged to him and his father for a long time. For 25 years, it's been in his possession alone. As he ignites the hologram on his wrist, which now has been decoded by a Star Wars fan on Reddit, so all credit goes to Kinneroth and everyone else who confirmed it in the comments. Now, I'm gonna use what they decoded, which basically just proves that Legends is pretty much real, and it's canon, to further base my theory in this video. So we got a few things to learn, and then we'll get right to it, but it's interesting stuff. Here's the code and what it said. Foundling, confirming Fett was brought into the Mandalorian Creed via other Mandalorians. Fett was born on Concord Dawn, which is in the Mandalore system. His mentor was Jaster Mareel, whereas here it's cut off as Jast, but if you take a different screenshot, it actually reads Jaster. So we can assume that they're talking about Jaster Mareel. Father is Jango Fett, and the armor belongs to Boba Fett. So you're probably wondering the two things here, Concord Dawn and Jaster Mareel. Well, here's the story that I briefly explained in the breakdown, so I'm just going to put that bit here for you in case you missed it. There's a really awesome Legends comic book, which I guess now is canon, which is pretty cool, called Open Season, which is all about Django as a kid and his rise to, well, becoming the most notorious bounty hunter in the galaxy. Django was a foundling on Concord Dawn, which was a surrounding world in the Mandalore sector. Long story short, Django was the son of a farmer. Then along came a man named Jaster Mareel, who was leader of the true Mandalorians. Now Jaster was on the run from a traitor named Tor Vizsla, who was from Death Watch. Django's dad hid Jaster Mareel in his farm and told Django that he was feeding some homeless men. When Tor Vizsla came looking near Django's dad's farm, he found Django's dad and beat him up in front of Django, until Django's mom created a distraction and shot one of the Death Watch in the face. Django's father orders him to run, and he does, leaving his parents behind who were immediately murdered. Fett runs into Jaster Mareel, who eventually took the boy under his wing and recruited him in the Mandalorian Civil War against Death Watch as one of the true Mandalorians. Jaster dies eventually, and Django avenges him, becoming the leader of the true Mandalorians himself. Now the people who found Din were Death Watch, so the two clans have always been waging wars against one another and have varying beliefs. Now this means that the armor is like a ranking system, and it only helps that the coding proves he is the rightful owner of it, passed down from generation to generation. That means he's the rightful leader of House Mareel, who was the leader of all the Mandalorians before the Civil War. This would grant Boba a high clan status, as definitely he would be Clan Fett, but also he could be considered Clan Mareel, as Jaster Mareel was avenged by Jango Fett and his rightful heir, who then took his mentor's place, becoming the ruler of Mandalorians. So Jaster Mareel was the ruler of Mandalorians, and then his father, Boba Fett's father, Jango Fett, was the ruler of Mandalorians. This would give Boba some pretty high power on the seating of who's to rule Mandalore next. The right to rule once again as the leader of Mandalore, and as such, to claim the Darksaber for himself from Moff Gideon. Now you might say, well, Bo-Katan is the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Well, sure, she is too. And this really comes down to how Jon Favreau 
Favreau will write the story for Boba. Maybe the right to rule Mandalore isn't something Boba even cares for. As he said, he's just a simple man making his way through the galaxy. But if they do decide to elaborate on the whole clan title thing, then theoretically, Boba would have a rightful shot as the ruler of Mandalore. Since his dad was, and his dad's mentor. Or in other words, his adopted father wasn't really his blood father, but once his dad died, Jastramriel took him under his wing, like a father. And this was all before and during the Mandalorian Civil War. Now Jango, while being the ruler of Mandalorians, over time, without any wars to fight and without his trusted men around him, became a regular bounty hunter. What I think could happen is that there are two scenarios based around this story. The first being Boba dies in some last effort to save Grogu as per his promise to Mando, and in doing so allows Bo-Katan to get a clear shot at Moff Gideon, killing him and taking the Darksaber owing her ruling of Mandalore to his sacrifice. Or he straight up beasts Gideon and kills him in a trial by combat. Jango killed tons of Jedi in his heyday. This is why Dooku convinced Palpatine to choose him as the clone template for the Grand Army of the Republic. The guy had skills, unlike anyone else, and he proved it time and time again. There's even many fan theories that Jango might have been force sensitive himself, in the sense that he could kill other Jedi so easily. Now that whole incident of Jango dying to Mace Windu was for a few things, but the main one was because his jetpack had gotten crushed by the reek in the arena on Genosis. Otherwise, he would have stood a good chance at killing Mace or at least getting away. At least better than what happened to him. Also, Mace has this power called Shatterpoint where he can literally see any weakness on any being or object. It's super overpowered, but that's Mace Windu for you. And if you didn't know, Django did try to activate his thrusters at the last second, but they were broken due to the beast's attack, resulting in his death. This is something that I saw when I was a kid, re-watching Attack the Clones a million times. Boba getting the Darksaber, the more I think of it, would be more right than anyone else. He is, essentially, the third generation who should be the ruler of the Mandalorians. He just needs to take his place at the throne after beating Gideon in trial by combat, just like Maul did to Vizsla. If Boba isn't killed off, which I really hope he isn't, and he ends up with the Darksaber, assuming he won't give it away to Bo-Katan because he doesn't care for ruling or something like that, I think he can do a lot of good for Mandalore and its people. He would be a just and powerful leader, keeping Mandalore an independent system from the remnants of the Empire. That is, of course, you know, he's legit and he's not just fooling Mando this entire time, but I, I don't see how that's a possibility. I think with all of the facts that are presented in this video, it could be a plausible theory for his character arc. And again, I'm hoping he doesn't die. Too many times in movie history have we had legendary characters return only to give them a better death than the one they had decades earlier. Let me know what you guys think of this theory. Did you enjoy it? What other theories do you have? Let me know in the comments below. And what do you think we're going to get in the last two episodes of The Mandalorian? Would you rather see Bo-Katan as the rightful ruler of Mandalore? Or would you rather see Boba Fett? Have an awesome rest of your day, and I'll see you in the next video. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you, always. Ten interesting facts about Boba Fett. Now, of course, there are many more facts to cover, but in this one, we're going to cover just the top ten. And then in another video, we can do part two or something like that. So let me know in the comments what you'd really like to see in that episode. In no hierarchical order, starting in at number one, 
Boba Fett as the main baddie in Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi's main antagonist was supposed to be Boba Fett, not Vader or the Emperor. When George Lucas was making Star Wars back in the 70s and 80s, the three films were meant to be the middle part of his planned three trilogy saga. And so originally, instead of it being in episode six, he wanted Luke's second confrontation with Vader after The Empire Strikes Back to be part of his planned follow-up trilogy, which would have been the final battle with the Emperor. You can see hints of this as it's Boba Fett who captures Han at the end of episode five. And even though the Star Wars holiday special was unique, to put it nicely, and Lucas hated it with a passion, it did introduce the helmeted bounty hunter who George decided to continue to try and develop instead of throwing him out, as he did with the rest of the special. Therefore, for a brief moment, instead of his lackluster plunge into the Sarlacc pit, Luke, Leia, and the rest would have to fight off Boba Fett, Jabba, and the rest of the criminal underground to rescue Han Solo. I guess Act 1 of Return would have been developed kind of into an entire movie. Number 2. Boba Fett vs Cad Bane Now back when Lucasfilm had not yet been bought by Disney, they had begun to work on some unaired and unfinished episodes, including a four-episodic arc that would have dealt with the young Boba Fett teaming up with perhaps the galaxy's second best bounty hunter, Cad Bane. Now Cad was supposed to have known Jango, Boba's father, and or you know his clone and we were going to see boba put on his iconic armor for the first time i don't know much about what they planned for the story was only that the two bounty hunters team up would eventually crumble leading to an epic duel that only one of them walked away from and of course we can guess who now my theory is that these episodes have actually been filmed or at least recorded as daniel logan has mentioned that there are unfinished and unseen boba episodes from the clone wars number three he was the main character in the cancelled video game Star Wars 1313. Jedi Fallen Order is out now and a pretty cool game, but once, we were going to get a very different one. Before the Disney purchase, George Lucas was working on a mature rated video game called Star Wars 1313. This focused on and explored the criminal underbelly of Coruscant. The player would have been Boba Fett, and the game was supposed to have been a tie-in to the Star Wars TV series that George Lucas was working on at the time, which was also about the darker side of the galaxy far, far away. Or in other words, the slums of Coruscant. Though we didn't end up getting neither the show nor the game, elements of both have been inspired in The Mandalorian. Number four. Boba Fett, brother of Darth Vader. While working on the prequels, George Lucas briefly played with the idea that Boba Fett and Anakin Skywalker were brothers. Yep, this is actually true. How squeezing Boba Fett into that family dynamic was meant to work, I don't really know, but the idea doesn't seem to have come out of nowhere, as a clear theme throughout Lucas's six films is about family, specifically the Palpatine, or should I say, the Skywalker family. How they were broken, but ultimately restored with admittedly some permanent scar tissue. Yet a happy ending with a galaxy free and the future bright. As opposed to say, Luke failing to restore the Jedi or having him do something deranged like attempting to murder his nephew, who has an alcoholic father that abandoned both him and his mother. I mean, that would have been more convoluted than Jar Jar, but I digress. Number five, Boba Fett was originally a man named Jaster Mareel. Before Attack of the Clones, there was a novel that came out way back in 1996 called The Last One Standing, The Tale of Boba Fett, which went into some of the bounty hunter's backstory. 
It went over his early life, his exile, and the rivalry that he had with Han Solo. Now in the story, Boba identified himself as Jaster Mareel. Whether that was just an alias or his real name was unclear. But later, when George Lucas made him the unaltered clone offspring of Jango Fett, the novel's backstory was scrapped. However, the name Jaster Mareel was retconned later into the mentor and father figure of Jango Fett. Jaster would go on and be killed by Jango's Mandalorian rival named Tor Vizsla, who was from Death Watch. So when Boba Fett took up his name, it officially became an alias that he used in honor of his father's fallen mentor while working as a type of lawman called a journeyman protector. Number seven, Star Wars Episode Three, Revenge of the Fett. Boba Fett witnessed his father decapitated in Episode Two. So in Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas considered having Jango's offspring seek out revenge against Master Windu. The bounty hunter would track the Jedi Master down with a squad of clone troopers and surround the Vapod expert, which was how Mace was initially meant to die, with Boba Fett victorious. Of course, George Lucas realized the death of Mace Windu would be more important as a key moment in the transformation of Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. So again, like in the original series, Boba Fett's role was supposed to be grandeur, but ultimately ultimately drastically reduced in the final release. Now, that would have been pretty cool if he had actually teamed up with some clones and just killed Mace Windu, but sort of unrealistic seeing as how Mace can tap into Shatterpoint and kind of get out of almost any situation. Then again, it is Boba, but also, it's little Boba at this point. Number eight, he was married and had a daughter. A young Boba Fett married a female bounty hunter named Sintas Vell and gave up his bounty hunting profession becoming, as I've mentioned before, a journeyman protector on the Mandalorian world of Concord Dawn. And together they had a daughter named Aelin. But when Boba's superior officer physically assaulted his wife, the vengeance-seeking Fett killed him in revenge and, as a consequence, was arrested, tried, and exiled from his new home planet. The traumatic incident led to Boba and Sintas getting divorced, and she was left to care for their daughter alone. Though when their daughter was 16, Sintas was on an assignment that resulted in her being placed in carbonite for 40 years. She was later found and rescued by her granddaughter, Mitra Gev. And though initially suffering from blindness and amnesia, she eventually recovered and made peace with the much older and regretful Boba Fett and got to know her granddaughter. Unfortunately, she could not be reunited with her daughter, as Jason Solo had accidentally killed Aelin during an interrogation when he was the head of the Galactic Alliance Guard and was on the same dark side path as his grandfather. Number 9. Boba Fett's Braid Boba Fett's armor is a bit of a mess, aesthetically at least, as it kind of looks like it was scavenged from a number of different sources, but it is also very clearly utilitarian and functional. Every piece seems to have a practical reason and purpose for being there, except for one thing, his braid. At first sight, it doesn't appear to have any discernible purpose. However, Boba has a history of collecting trophies from his quarries, which is what the braid is. It appears to be made from the scalps of Wookiees that he has hunted throughout the galaxy. However, there are some that believe the braid is not composed of Wookiee scalps, but instead the braids of Padawans that he has killed. Given his hatred for the Jedi because of what Mace Windu did to his father, that could very well also be true. Number 10. Boba Fett has fought Darth Vader and walked away alive. You may have seen the comic video that I explained and brought to life just recently, but if you haven't, Here's the rundown. Though he has often been a useful ally of Darth Vader's, when Boba Fett takes an assignment, 
he follows it through, even if it brings him into direct conflict with the Dark Lord of the Sith himself. Like in this scenario when Grand Moff Tarkin hired him to track down Han Solo and bring the smuggler in, Vader objected to this decision of Tarkin's, so the Grand Moff challenged the Sith to prove his superiority to Boba Fett and complete the mission personally. Both armored bad boys track Han Solo to the Moss Eisley Cantina and end up fighting over the bounty. Boba used a lightsaber that he had taken from one of the Jedi that he had hunted down and killed in his career and actually tried to duel Darth Vader. It didn't end well for him, it didn't last long before Vader disarmed him and threw him against the wall with the Force. Though ultimately Vader did spare the bounty hunter, Solo managed to escape the both of them. Hope you enjoyed this video on top 10 facts about Boba. Let me know which one you found the most interesting down in the comments below and if there's anything that I missed that you want me to add in part 2. Maybe we can go into more detail on the original purpose for Boba in Revenge of the Sith with him killing Mace Windu. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Catch you in the next one. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.